0: Previously on Creek Chat.
1: Dude, the late 90s look more like the 70s, man. 10,000 pounds by a her week. Black Not 10 pounds, 10,000.
0: 10,000 pounds? Oh,
1: man, chill out. I'm a different guy now. I fucking knock out motherfuckers and uh, I just relax and chill. I'm living
0: a bachelor life. Just watch porn with your pants on?
1: Yo, try to be a porn star. That's my life's dream.
0: Or maybe I'll become an actress or a model. Either way, we're gonna see some naked ass, and it's gonna. Be <laughs> and it just so happens that Gale is judging, and Dawson is filming. Gale's kind of like ah. the the Jack and Jen alliance comes back reunited,
1: and it feels so good.
0: I feel like the big prediction for me
1: is uh, Andy's gonna end up having. Uh, go away for a little while and That is 100% slam dunk Chucky B guaranteed. You can take it to the bank Fuck I wish we were only Not watching one episode Next, next week You don't have to wait Cause every Monday we
0: Welcome to 50 Randy Quades Presents, Creek Chat. I am your host, JT, Mr. Potter's White Powder Money. And with me, my co-host as always,
1: the helpless lunatic, or the hero on horseback, Chucky B! Wah, 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 wah! The B stands for back in business, baby.
0: That is yeah. that is the first time in, I think, at least three episodes that you have brought the air horn into the mix. And I'm not going to lie, for a while there I was about done with that air horn, but I'm glad to see its return this week. And it was a pretty chill airhorn too. It wasn't as intense as some of the others.
1: No, it was super chill. We're still trying to keep it chill. Can you talk
0: to me about um, what you t- said about yourself before? chucky b something about a horseback
1: yeah at some point in this three pack andy says uh something about the hopeless lunatic or the helpless lunatic and the hero on horseback oh
0: no i remember the exact moment you're talking about you're right you're right i was like what is he calling himself that was awesome where did he pull that from and it was andy's crazy head and we see that right we do see a lot of um interesting things from abby in this set of episodes andy well before we talk about that just teddy or who's... abby
1: you did say abby
0: oh shit well we do see abby in an interesting way ghost abby r.i.p abby i'm gonna miss abby that's the thing i stopped mixing the Witch up which is dead i stopped mixing up jen and joey which i did for a while a while back but now i'm gonna start mixing up abby and andy I'll stop now. I'll stop now. But what we're doing here on Creek Chat is we're talking about episodes nineteen through twenty-one of seasons two of Dawson's Creek.
1: And uh they all started off in the bedroom.
0: Well the first one got to the bedroom, but started off in the yard.
1: Yeah, I mean you know I'm just I mean.
0: saying technically speaking, I'll give you credit because I've done it before it technically started outside they had to climb that ladder
1: precedent has already been established you're
0: right you're right i wasn't gonna argue it but here's what i'm not gonna argue either because right now we're gonna get into your predictions Uh, i'm gonna do things a little bit differently this week and i'm just going to give all of your predictions right off the bat and then we'll get into the episode breakdowns i think that will be more conducive to our conversations and hopefully our beloved listeners agree with that it's an experiment that we've been trying out here episode 19 abby morgan rest in peace r.i.p abby morgan i will miss you forever here are your predictions for that um it's obvious that there's going to be a funeral for abby correct obvious there's going to be something happening in the school with abby Correct. Yellow armbands being handed out. Surprisingly, or unsurprisingly enough, it's going to affect Andy and Jen the hardest. And I- I'm not going to s- I'm not going to say the hardest, because I'm going to say the mom probably the hardest. But for the context of the show and the spirit of these predictions, you're 100% right. Because they both get pulled in to give a eulogy. Well, Jen doesn't get pulled in to give the eulogy, but she decides to give one. But yes, they both get fucked hard from this in different ways. So correct. Check for you on that. The opening scene... In the bedroom, and again, precedent set correct. So you went hundred percent with your predictions on episode nineteen. Boom! But let's go on to episode twenty. Reunited. That's obviously going to be Dawson and Joey, the best friends, getting reunited, and it feels so good. And they do. They go on a fancy ass date for the was it one month anniversary? Yup. So they've been reunited for a month, but this is like they're they're going out for that romantic so date. Like you're right. Because th- this episode does jump ahead one month later from the ep- uh, events of episode 19. They say that in the episode. Yeah. So check, you got that. Andy is going to be freaking out and Pace is going to try and reel her back in. And you couldn't have been more correct on that prediction for this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to touch on later how the reeling in went. But that was an in intense fucking scene that they presented to us there.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, this was a really good three pack.
0: Through, t- What did I text you? These episodes are intense. And I'd say that's a a, a very accurate description of them. So, so far, through two episodes, 100% predictions for you. Episode 21. Ch-ch-ch-changes. I don't know, man. Something big could be fucking happening. I mean, I'm not going to give you credit because that's too vague, but you're right. Something big is fucking happening. Mr. Potter will be used heavily in the end of the season run. A bigger role at the Ice House implementing a lot of changes. Fucking check. Building that that entertainment center.
1: That was was like on top right there. That's what I'm saying. Nailed it.
0: Hold on. But no, your next one's even more prescient than that. Because it's the one you even said was your big one. Andy is going to end up having to go away for a little while. Gone. Check. Check. Gone. And you also said, after a little prodding from me, it made you nail down a stance on this kind of. You said, my gut is, I don't trust Mr. Potter. I would say, don't trust him. And, he reveals right here why you shouldn't trust him.
1: to Don't trust him.
0: White powder. The previously mentioned white powder. That motherfucker, back in the game. So, for the first time in Creek Jacket history, Chucky B, you have gone 100% on your predictions
1: you know that's
0: right you got a good feel for what's happening in the world of the creek by the end of the season two i'm really interested to see how tight your predictions are for the season finale that we'll be discussing next episode and a little bit at the end of this one so now we're gonna head into these episode breakdowns there was a lot dear listeners i'm gonna tell you right now there's a lot that happened here they covered a lot of ground in these three episodes yes Everyone had something popping off in a pretty major way at one point or another. Some of it so dark and sad and disturbing. Some of it, none of it good. No, no one had anything good happening, really, in these three episodes.
1: No, I would disagree.
0: There were some signs of Gail life.
1: Gail got a job offer.
0: Okay, you're not, I, all right. I'm speaking in terms of what we're supposed to be caring about here, and that is the romantic life and personal... You're right. Gail got a job off from Philadelphia. That's awesome for Gail. That's good.
1: And it kind of solidified her decision But that the events of that night. she
0: had She had a taste of Mitch being back in her arms, and she was certain he was coming back after they danced. And then it was ripped away from her with one voyeuristic act. Looking at Nicole and Mitch being tender on the docks. So she's crushed by the end of this thing. Just as... So she's got the... She doesn't want to go to Philadelphia. She even says so herself. She will. But if Mitch is like, let's make this work again, she's staying. So I don't think she's really... There was positive things that happened to some people. But in the end, I think everyone is hurting bad at the end of this. Some of them on the way to healing. Let's talk about it. Episode 19, Abby Morgan, rest in peace.
2: Abby's death shocks everyone, and all of Capeside is attempting to whitewash her life.
0: And Jen is fucking pissed about that. Jen doesn't want to hear a word about anyone being nice about Abby, and is very vocal about it.
1: Yeah, she's just really, like, angry at
2: herself, though. We'll get into that. All the hypocrisy is making Jen crazy. And in a later discussion with Grams, she denounces God and angers Gram in the process. When making a speech at the funeral, she further embarrasses Grams by announcing that Abby taught her the falseness of God. So they brought the the God
0: thing back real hard again in these episodes, right? Like, Jen and Grams were getting along for a good stretch when Grams was around. (laughs) Or it was presumed that they were getting along if she wasn't around, right? Yeah, I guess. Things go to rock bottom right here when jen does absolutely do one of the most despicable things that she ever does that speech at abby's funeral
1: it was very abby of her though
0: it was absolute. you're not wrong you're not wrong and if the idea of a funeral is to honor the memory of the person who is dead then sure that's the right call but we all know that's not what a funeral is really about it's to make everyone who's there feel better Yeah, And that didn't make anybody feel better Not even Jen
1: No it probably made her feel worse She
0: says so much when she talks to Andy later in the episode She says I'm sorry for what I said to you For what I said in that speech I was such an idiot I can't believe I did Like She knew just like Jen always does The wrong fucking knee jerk emotional thing That you can explain logically is correct But then immediately goes Fuck that was the wrong idea So Jen Not in her finest in in this episode. She redeems herself, I'd say, in the next one, a lot.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely reacted hard when she initially said that to Andy. Like, when she was blaming her, I was like, fuck you, Jen. Fuck you. I have gone from hating you to actually liking your character, now to back to being like, fuck you. You cannot blame Andy for Abby... Just kind of being a bitch overall, and then on top of it, like the bad luck that happened.
0: Well, in in that same conversation that I was just talking about, she also she starts off by saying, "I was wrong to blame you. I blame myself. Like it, I was there." And I, I this was something we didn't mention last episode, but I wanted to bring up again. Like in the final moments, and Jen adds more context in this episode of Abby's life. They're drunk as fuck up there. Abby falls and hits her head, and Jen laughs she's laughing about it and abby's like don't laugh you bitch that hurt and then she falls off and jen's like oh shit i'm sorry i was laughing whatever but then she falls so now jen's in sheer terror she jumps in and in here she says that she saw abby in the water when she dove in after her she saw her drowning and that she was so scared and i'm like how fucking traumatic To live through that whole experience and not just to have that person die, but to see them underwater as they're dying. Like, Jen must have gotten
1: fucked up
0: from that. So, like, that's such an intense place to be at. And I think Andy, and Andy usually is a very good person, is right to just be like, Jen, I understand why it's not... I understand why you did what you did. I know you feel bad for it. And so by the end of this episode, at least I, and I'm predisposed to do this anyway. I'm like, all right, Jen, I'm back on your side. Grams, however, is not back on her side.
1: Yeah, I I was happy that Jen redeemed herself when she did that. And I was also, I don't know. I got a lot of things to say about Jen in this episode.
2: But you can get through your breakdown.
0: Okay, I'll keep going up with this breakdown then.
2: Abby's mother asks Andy to give the official eulogy, thinking wrongly that they were friends.
0: Although if you're going to ask anyone to give a eulogy, for someone who didn't have any friends, Andy's the right fucking person, as she proves, because that was the perfect speech. Agreed. Beautifully done by Andy.
2: Memories of Andy's brother are brought up, and Andy's emotional reactions scare Pacey and they do and they should too
0: though because she's seeing people at this point in this episode it's abby that she sees in the mirror and then yeah. the next episode it's her brother so like things are not going well for her it's not just anxiety that aff- afflicts andy unfortunately
2: joey is reluctant to go to the funeral since she hasn't been to one since her mother died years earlier
0: Which, for a 16-year-old girl, I think is pretty normal to not get to go to a funeral for a couple of years. Yeah. I went to a lot of funerals growing up, when I think back on it. I
1: don't think I went to a lot. I've definitely been
2: to at least a few. (laughs) While at the graveyard, she and Dawson decide to visit her mother for the first time. Grams is so disgusted with Jen's speech at the funeral that she packs her bags and tells her to find somewhere else to live. So right there. Perfect. Let's jump back into what you got to say about Jen in this episode.
1: So, all right. First off, I said, uh, or not said, but I wrote that Jen kind of like knew everyone was going to be looking at her in the beginning. Right. And then she says that shit to fucking Andy. And I'm just like, dude, fuck you. You're the one who chose to go to the docks. You're the one who fucking chose to get drunk. You're the one who told fucking Abby to go out to this fucking wedding to begin with, knowing that you guys weren't invited. No. Knowing that you're crashing it.
0: That's wrong. Abby's the one who insisted they crash the wedding. Jen... Not to say that she didn't go along with her in the end, Jen was like, "No, we shouldn't do that." But as always, it was Abby who insisted they crash it
1: uh, and then uh, I was just basically like, "Fuck you, Jen. And... I just I just
0: wrote, Damn Jen. I didn't go as far as you, but when she blamed Andy, I was like, Damn Jen,
1: And then, like Jen's just been going hard on the sauce, like all episode. And like you said, she hates everyone for being fake about Abby.
0: I'm pretty sure she was chugging whiskey straight from the bottle, and then she grabbed one of like the memorial wreaths that someone left up on the dock and like chucked it in the water. So she is yeah. at like a very deep bottom right right now. Maybe not rock, but it's deep.
1: And then uh, like I, I wrote that she was being a real bitch to Grams, and then like uh, you had said about her doing a eulogy at the funeral when she like I wrote that she spit some truth at abby's funeral uh but in an angry way because then andy c- kind of says the exact same thing just in a real nice presentation and but that's
0: the difference because here's here's how i looked at that speech as i'm watching it this time around from the perspective of abby's parents specifically her mother who we've met And how they feel about this, right? So Jen goes up there and specifically uses the words that Abby had a toxic personality that bordered on radioactive, that she was cruel, vindictive, and spiteful, and that if God made Abby in his own image, then what does that say about God? That's so much more brutal than Andy saying, Abby challenged me. That's his bad as andy said about abby was that she challenged her
1: yeah but considering that her speech was after jen's i think it it to me it sounded like the exact same speech for the most part just said completely differently in a different tone
0: the exact it's what her mother wanted to hear yeah it's it's the speech that needed to happen her mom deep down knows who her daughter is or at least knows I mean, that she doesn't it, right? really. At least she knows that she doesn't really have friends. That seems like something she could have figured out. But who knows? People's denial goes very deep on a lot of levels. But in the end, we end up having Grams kick Jen the fuck out. She says, "You need to live with someone that you respect. You clearly don't respect yeah, Grams me." Grams has had enough. So go away. And when we get to the next episode, we'll see where Jen lands. And I think it's a beautiful transition and a beautiful friendship that she has there for a moment. But we'll save that for episode twenty. We got to touch on what happens with um. We can finish. Off, well, we can finish off Andy a little bit here. Andy and Pacey's didn't really touched on either, and maybe there's really not that much more to touch on in this one at least.
1: I thought Andy was taking it really well, to be honest. Agreed. Throughout the episode, and then at the end, when she's kind of like, "Oh fuck, we got to get that diary because if her mom sees that, she's gonna." fucking that's like. right
0: because she'd been trying to research for the eulogy she had snagged abby's diary which is full of bullshit and nonsense and then yeah she went on that mission to go back and, and steal it
1: and then she goes and this is the very end of the episode when she walks in there and she's like all right here's the diary grabs it looks up and she sees fucking ghost abby in the fucking mirror which is really just in her fucking head right. because she's starting to like lose it a little bit but she's also fighting that she's starting to lose it and like they tell us later on in this three pack that this is basically the same thing that was happened to her mom it's just no one really like took it seriously and or not necessarily took it seriously but like they thought it would just get better and it never fucking did it just kept on getting worse and worse and worse now when they're starting to see it with abby in uh the next episode um I think it's the next episode that happens. Yeah. Uh in episode twenty when like Andy kinda has the mini breakdown. Um
0: I'd call that a full I'd call that a full-on breakdown, but I'd call that a full-on breakdown. Yeah. yeah. The whole the whole build-up that was a full-on breakdown. So we'll transition to Joey by first touching on Pacey for a second. One, Pacey continues to reveal that he hate, hates not being able to control something. Andy's mental illness is fucking killing him because he can't oh. just fix it. Like with you said, with the horse riding hero or whatever, like he can't do that for this, and it is killing. You're on horseback. Him. It's killing him, but
1: yeah, I wrote that down. That uh, that was one of the things I wrote down specifically about Pacey was that he actually admits to oh, yeah. being frustrated over not having.
0: I think he's talking thing. to Dawson about it. And, yeah, yeah he's he was like, definitely talking can't. to Dawson. But so we'll, we're going to transition into our Joey and Dawson situation here um, by first touching on some morbid humor that comes from Pacey. Oh,
1: if we're touching on the best friends, I got something to say that I know you're going to refute me on.
0: We know we, we will. But let me do two things before you say that. First is um, Andy's talking about getting the speech together and she says, I'm going to do this even if it kills me. And Pacey replies, well, if you do, we can just slip you in the coffin with Abby. And I thought that was fucking beautiful. Because they all talk about how they're basically, like, we hated this bitch. Like, we don't feel sad for her at all. And here's another one here when um, Joey and Jack are talking, and Jack's like, And they
1: just start laughing.
0: Well, Jack's like, I sit here and I just can't help but think to myself that I was the last one that she kissed. And Joey immediately just goes, Well, at least she went out with a bang. And I'm like, oh my god, they're all just so cold-blooded about this. I don't blame them for it, but they're immediately, like the day after, cracking jokes.
1: I'm not going to say I haven't made bad jokes and bad taste.
0: Oh, we all have, buddy. Just try not to put them on the record. What am I going to refute? What about the best friends am I going to refute, Chucky B? All right,
1: so the very beginning of this three-pack, the absolute very beginning in this three-pack, I texted you... And uh Tater Ricardo, um, my notes, and my notes are in the bedroom, check. Uh best friends going to fuck, but Jen says Abby's dead. And this is what I say. And I stand behind it one hundred percent. When they were getting ready to climb that ladder, like, they were kinda like Dawson was even saying, like, let's not let's not overthink this. And like and they were like, Yeah, let's go upstairs, yeah, let's go upstairs. And like cuz they cuz they, that was that night, the wedding night.
0: I'm going to tell you right now, let's not overthink this was in reference to them just getting back together, not them fucking right there. And I'm going to point to evidence. Now, granted, this is a month later in the next episode, but it's when they're on I'm the I'm not boat. saying that
1: they were going to go up there they and gonna fuck. fuck.
0: They weren't going to fuck. But it wasn't on the table. But, it was it was on the table for Dawson. It was not on the table for Joey. Dude, I'm saying that right now.
2: I'm, I'm saying right you, now. Man. I'm so,
0: because no, listen, here is where I'm from these episodes right here, here's what I'm going to point to as why that makes me feel that way. A month later, they're on the rowboat, right? And he's talking about, have you considered it? Considered it. And he's really, I personally feel creepily pressuring her to talk about whether or not she wants to have sex with him. And we end up settling on the cheesy line, the night is still young, and she says, so are we. My feeling from that whole conversation is, yes, I have thought about having sex with you. It's impossible for me not to have but I'm not ready to do it right now. So I'm saying a month removed from the night you're talking about. Her not being ready then. she That's wasn't... not
1: necessarily the vibe I got out of that conversation at all.
0: That's the, My vibe was she has considered it. I don't think she's prepared to lose her virginity yet. I think it's a big enough deal to her that it's not just going to happen. It's going to be a build up.
1: I don't think there was anything really hidden about it. I think it was basically they were like, she basically you're talking about him you're talking about you dawson you and joey plan, though
0: like what you're talking about dawson and joey though like i feel like you you forget who they are and how just acting on physical impulse is not something they're going to do and i don't think joey wants to do it now and i think she i'm does just show saying
1: that. the possibility was very high if they continued the path they were that night. I'm not saying that would have happened any night. I'm saying that night in no, particular. No way would have happened.
0: Not a chance.
1: Would have happened. No
0: way, because Gail would have come home at some point.
1: Yeah, she would have walked in on it probably. No, no,
0: but it didn't happen. It wouldn't have happened. No, I'm. It
1: I, was going to happen. It's
0: obviously pure speculation. We're on different sides of this, but in Abby's my opinion, death
1: prevented Dawson and joey from having sex for the first time in the show
0: hypothetically no what stopped what stopped dawson and joey from having sex for the first time on the show was dawson and joey lots of episodes ago well yeah, yeah like yeah, yeah, yeah. if we're gonna be real about this but yes abby blocked dawson is what you're saying
1: yes and to me he looked a little like not angry that jen was there or that abby died but he was kind of like like i got the look from him that he was kind of like fuck like this could have been the night
0: i think for him any night could be the night dude just wants no i don't he's a teenage boy dude wants to bone Plain and simple. Well, this whole thing was basically about Joey kind of dealing with her mom's death a little bit more head-on than she had before. Dawson kind of being there to nudge her in that direction support her. Her dad kind of doing the same thing. He didn't have much of a presence in this episode, but he was there to be like, you should think about your mother. And then later to say, your mother lives on through you. So, like, her dad was a good dude in this episode from what they showed us of him. Um... Which, again, wasn't a whole lot, but how's he going to play into a funeral? He didn't know Abby. He's not going to go there.
1: Um, Yeah, I agree with that. And besides, he's got to be trying to get that white powder somehow. But, yeah, that's pretty much all I got on this episode was uh, Joey finally visits her mom, and uh, Dawson's there for her.
0: So that's it. That's it on that one. Let's talk about episode 20, Reunited, where a couple of things really start to pop off here. Um
2: dawson decides to take joey out to dinner to celebrate their first month together mitch leary also makes reservations at the same restaurant
0: why they gotta put mitch leary i'm sorry i just copy and paste this breakdown right like i know who the fuck mitch leary is you just put mitch there's no other mitch on the show i'm sorry audience i slipped and i just I, i need to do better copy and paste work i need to edit
2: Mitch also makes reservations at the same restaurant and when the management fails to realize there are two Leary parties all four forced to sit together.
0: Which was such a beautiful plot device to use here. The confused table setting. You slam Joey Dawson, Miss Kennedy, and Mitch Leary at a table and then all of a sudden Gail and Jen are popping into the mix too. I was like this is what I'm talking about.
2: Yeah it was uh it was I guess a fun episode. <laughs> Miss Kennedy, Dawson, and Joey fight, causing Miss Kennedy to leave.
0: Okay. Well, Dawson starts out sniping. Joey's like, stop ruining the night. But then she talks to Jen, and they decide to try and set Mitch and Gail back up together. So then Joey goes back to the stable and starts sniping at fucking Miss Kennedy. Like, it was just. That's, it was so funny. It was so funny to watch that. It was that. hilarious. And seeing the, the three headed. Triumvirate of uncomfortableness working together to try and reunite the Learys is just. I think they even reference. Uh, Gail says something about the parrot traps up when they're out. I'm like, yeah, this is a really fun version of parent trapping.
1: Yeah, you know what? I didn't even think about it until now, because I obviously didn't catch it if they
2: said something about it in the show.
0: I think Gail did. Uh, someone made a reference to it. I'm pretty sure.
2: Later, Jen, who is now living at the Leary house, arrives with Gail which inspires a plan to get Gail and Mitch together again.
0: And that's what I would referenced earlier, Jen's living situation. She's just crashing over the Leary's. It'll discuss the time period. It ends up not being forever after this episode we see you, but I'm sitting there thinking, of course Gail's going to take Jen in. Gail thinks highly of Jen, regardless of what Jen has done and what Jen has said. Like, she's obviously looking out for someone who needs to be looked out for. They've got a really good dynamic together, um, both as characters and as actresses.
1: It also keeps her next door to her grams if she needs to get a hold of her, reconcile, or anything.
0: It keeps her in the school district, keeps her by her friends, keeps her safe and fed. Like, just it's simple and beautiful plot work right there.
1: I keeps think. her from hitting the
2: streets
0: and we don't see her getting drunk this episode, which
2: is good. also reunited are Andy and her deceased brother.
0: Oh, that's a way to put it that her her and her deceased brother are reunited because she's losing her mind. that
1: breakdown's like a real fucking spoiler.
0: Oh, these breakdowns are spoilers. I think they have been for a while. yeah, which is well I was looking over it earlier and I'm like, once I start reading through these breakdowns, we're just gonna start talking about the episodes during it because they just give away the plot points that we're touching on
1: yeah maybe next time just uh shorten it way down
0: hell no i'm loving this because that's what i'm saying we'll cut into that shit right now it's no problem because i still got half of this fucking thing that's not true i only got two more sentences let me finish it out
2: pacey and jack catch on that she thinks he is with her but it is just a figment of her imagination
0: well no shit we're not all right They've gone some er- some ways here, but I'm not believing they're going to try and sell me a real ghost. Of course, it's a figment of her imagination. Just like her mother, which they also point out. This is a hereditary mental illness that she's acquired. I think that's the wrong word, acquired. Whew.
2: After a showdown with Andy, Jack and Pacey engineer a plan to aid her medical recovery.
0: First of all, showdown, I feel like is the wrong word for what they do through that door. It's not a showdown.
2: No, yeah,
1: that was definitely the wrong word
0: showdown there's got to be guns that's just that's my rule or
1: like anger
0: also jack and pacey engineer a plan to aid her medical recovery who the fuck wrote that sentence and that's not really what happens anyway the plan to engineer is called dad and then dad engineers a plan yeah so i guess good on terrible them plan. good on i disagree but we'll talk about that later wait who's terrible plan before i say it's terrible everybody's plan. i think they're all good plans i think, I think Andy all going away nonsensical <clears throat> all right when we get to episode three when the plan is revealed we're going to delve de- deeper into why you think what is going on is nonsensical well
1: i it's because of everything that's already been like what they say in this episode like they they go well why wasn't this a worry a month ago Two months ago Three months ago It's not like Anything has fucking changed
0: But things have fucking changed But things have changed Yeah it's
1: gotten worse Exactly
0: That's what's changed It's gotten worse And it doesn't get better This was happening
1: already And it's like The fucking guy just ignored it So fuck their fucking dad That guy's a piece of shit
0: So you just keep ignoring it You just keep ignoring the problem Because you've been ignoring it No that's what he was doing Why do they have to So the smart plan because he's got the money, he's got the resources, he's got the connections. He's the one that can get her actual help that she needs. That's
1: yeah, why. Yeah. Why doesn't the ha- why I agreed with Jack where it's like why do you have to go to Providence? Are they not She
0: even says people- she wants to go to Providence though. So in the end she agrees with the plan.
1: I understand, but why would you uproot your family, when they you have a house, you have everything like that, they're trying to go to fucking school. He's
0: only uprooting Andy, who can't keep going to school. Cause well, she he has wasn't to to initially. Help. right? And on up. top
1: of it, but he's he all like, up, oh, though. are you going to go and get this gay problem fixed?
0: I'm not saying that dad's a, a fucking
1: guy. piece of shit.
0: I'm not saying you're wrong, but in terms specifically of helping Andy, that's all I'm talking about, that's the right call. Getting her to Providence where the good doctors that she needs to be with her at Go there, be committed for whatever amount of time it takes to address this and cut it off. That is the right call for Amy. why not
1: go to Boston? She wants are to not go to pro- doctors in Boston.
0: What's the difference if it's Providence or Boston at that point? Jack's not in Boston, the rest of her family's not in Boston. Like, that's even stupider than fucking going to Providence.
1: I'm just saying, like, why does it have to? Like, I, I just because don't that's where the business the whole, is. Like, are they in such
0: a small town that there's nothing anywhere near? where they're at if you're talking about specialists for a really intense medical condition providence might not be that far from capeside they got there by ferry so it's not like maybe it's two hours away three hours away
1: well what's pacey even bitching about it's not like he can't just go there
0: but she's committed i doubt he could really go there it's like they could really keep doing what they do like it's gonna be an inconvenience for him because he is a high school student who has a job still, I'm assuming.
1: Yeah, I'm sure he's got a day off. Can't spend one of his days off going to see his girlfriend.
0: So I'm glad we just sat and argued about what happens at the end of the next episode. That was good to get that out of the way right now. Thank you.
1: Fuck that guy. That guy is a fucking you, piece of shit.
0: You're right. But Andy going to Providence is the right I couldn't call for believe Andy. that he tried to
1: also make it about Jack in that situation where he's just like, "Oh, we can we can also have you talk to someone." Because like he's like, "I just don't understand why like why you would choose to do that." He's like, "I didn't choose to be gay. <laughs> he's like, it wasn't a choice, dude."
0: Gay. He's like, uh, "There's nothing to fix. I'm not going to Providence. Go fuck yourself." And so yeah. he ends he ends up staying. And at the end of this episode since let's just fucking do it invites jen to come and stay with him well Jen's that's about to like run away so I'm
1: just like oh so is dad gonna keep paying for this like
0: well he was gonna pay for jet he's already paying for the house anyway he was saying he was gonna sell it but he's obviously gonna keep paying for it so jack can stay there yeah
1: it's just a weird situation this guy is really weird
0: i don't think weird is the right word so far he's just been a bad father he's a bad guy
1: Well, and he tries to fix everything with money then.
0: That's what his goal has been. Fix it with money and fix it with force. Like, I'm going to make you do this. I'll pay for it. It's fine. And at the end, he does say something to Jack like, you know, I, I do want you to be happy or something like that. So he's, I think he's seeing and maybe learning that he's wrong. But I don't remember if we ever see him actually make a conversion to... I love and accept my son because he clearly doesn't do that here.
1: No, he like, I, yeah, I even like wrote something down about how it was weird that he like got up to say something to Jack and then he's like, like he didn't even like, like I wrote down I was like, like all I could say was wow, because it's not like he was cold in that situation, but he just couldn't understand and he couldn't even say he was proud of his son.
0: Oh no. Oh no. And he won't. But can we please, fucking please, jump back to the beginning of episode 20? Which starts out with the entire... With the
1: very very, very feathery, feathery pillow fight.
0: So I'm trying to bring it back on and then you decide to cut me off JT style? Yeah. Fucking irony of all the fucking irony. And you jump to the pillow fight, which isn't even the most important part of the scene. To me... It's
1: not jumping to it.
0: To me, it's astounding what well, my point was that we had the entire crew in the bedroom to start the episode. For the first time ever... Because the one time they were close before the one dance, Jack wasn't there.
1: Well, and then they have to ruin that by talking about how. Why are they all hanging out?
0: That's true because they expose at the end they didn't even try to do it; it just happened.
1: Yeah, Jen's all like, "I live here now."
0: <laughs> yeah, that's when they reveal it. Yeah, it's like, oh and yeah, it I was, just it was live a here. funny reveal of how it, it
1: all happened. Where he's, where Dawson's like, "Dude, all that really happened was I invited you over to watch some movies and." And then, like, Pacey's like, yeah, but then I invite fucking Andy, and Andy invites Jack, and Jack invites...
0: No one, uh, because Joey's already there, and Jen's already there.
1: Joey's like... And I better not need an invitation. (laughs) And then Jen's like, and I live here now.
0: (laughs) So that's what I'm saying. Like that was one of the best opening scenes in the bedroom they've had in a while, until the pillow fight happened. And then I was like, I was like, this is ridiculous. This is so stupid. That just completely ruined so many feathers. But what's also completely different in the next scene is Andy just showing up with Bruna hair out of nowhere brown brown hair if you will because she calls her brother brown because she couldn't say she couldn't say tim as a kid so
1: this was initially why i was all like oh wow that's a big spoiler like if i was reading that before i saw this episode i'd be like a little like oh that sucks don't go like
0: when don't go to wikipedia and read an episode breakdown if you don't want it spoiled for you because that's where i pull these from
1: so the what do you call it the the first time we see Tim, um, I write down, Andy got a new haircut. And then I wrote, Who is this creepy teacher, maybe, looking at Andy? and Andy like kind of being like, Hey, like 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 I know you, but like He like, was I'm, looking I'm not- at
0: her He was looking at her real, real creepily, and she looked back like kind of sheepishly, like uh, yeah, like I don't know Uh, And I didn't know what the fuck I knew what was going on But I'm like what the fuck is going on
1: I wrote that down as like teacher With a question mark And then I was like They better not try to say That's a fucking student Oh no oh no That dude is like In his 20s or
0: 30s Oh there's no way If they tried to make him a student That would be the biggest stretch They've tried yet
1: I was like oh please don't tell me This is a fucking kid And then we see him again In her car when she leaves her therapist and
0: well and this is right I after was like, the therapist has said we're gonna have to reassess medication because things are kind of going in a, in a bad direction she doesn't say in those words and yeah. andy does not want to be on medication doesn't like the news of medication and so yeah when she goes out back to her car and sits down there's tim again
1: and i was like i was like whoa who the fuck is this guy in her car and then i was like oh shit that's her dead ghost brother tim
0: well they had just been discussing up in the office with a the therapist or therapist had said like so you know what about when you'd seen andy a month ago or abby there i did it again except in the opposite direction um when you saw abby in the mirror a month ago have have you seen anything like that since and andy's like no i haven't and come to think of it i didn't see it then either like it was just a mistake And so when she gets back in the car with Tim, Tim's like, did you tell her about me? And she's like, no, I didn't. He's like, that's good. What we have is a secret. And that's where I just was like, oh boy, like this is not going to go well for Andy. Because obviously you pieced it together there and you see this is not good for her. And as the episode goes on, we see her and Pacey hanging out in the house and she's having a conversation with Tim out loud by herself. And Pacey overhears it, and he thinks he, she's talking to some other guy. So he starts freaking out, like, what's going on here? And he sees this photo album where her hair looks the same, and Tim's still alive. And he's like, did you change your hair because of Tim? Like, what's happening with you right now?
1: I wrote down, I was like pacey needs to go fucking talk to jack like stat and then like the next scene jack comes in when pacey's cleaning up the fucking uh, broken lamp because like uh andy's trying to yank back that fucking photo album from pacey and he's like dude explain this and and like he's like giving it back to her and she like fucking like yanks it around and breaks the lamp she's like all right you can stay if you want and
0: i'm going to bed
1: and she goes to bed and then it like goes to the next scene where jack's like what happened well and he fucking talks to him finally
0: well he says to him she was talking to someone named brown earlier i don't know what the fuck is going on and tim or tim jack immediately knows oh shit she's seeing or talking to tim because that's who brown is
1: well and then immediately andy's on the staircase oh so she's like, yeah she's like it's tim She's, and she's like starting to freak out now, and she's like, All right, I'm at the point where I gotta tell Pacey and Jack because they both fucking have heard me talking to him.
0: And what she says is, I'm not crazy. I see him. I actually see him. I'm not crazy. Loses her cool, runs into the bathroom and locks herself in there. Where now she is essentially locked in the bathroom with her mental conjuration of Tim. Yeah. So that's and- when she gets that's when she gets really intense.
1: Well, because, like, the entire time, Tim has been, like, telling her, like, hey, you got to choose between me and, like, basically everybody else. Yeah. Because, like, that, that meant, like, Tim, the projection of Tim, you know, that dead ghost is just, like, in her head trying to make her go fucking crazy. But she's lucid enough to understand that she's like, I see this and I know it's not real, but... I'm not fucking crazy because I actually see it and I need to fix it. I'm just fucking so scared.
0: And and so Pacey and Jack are on the outside of the door. And this is when Pacey, like he breaks it down. Like he's like, listen, I, I love you. I need you to come out here and choose me. I need you more than Tim does. Jack needs you more than Tim does you just need to open this door and we're gonna we're gonna figure this out and she does and what i thought was interesting about that scene and it makes sense because it's so close to home for him but as they've discussed in other episodes specifically a perfect wedding jack is usually the one who's there to give that kind of advice and be there to comfort someone and guide someone and throughout this entire scene he was just dead silent and like taken aback by what was going on So it's a really good thing that Pacey was there and was able to say the right things to get her out of there. Um, But that was, yeah, that was one of the more intense moments on the show so far was, was that entire situation. She breaks the bathroom mirror too when she's freaking out. Like, that's the second mirror she's broken on the show. She just loves breaking mirrors.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like. Yeah, I wrote down on here. I was like, "Shit!" I was like, "She's got to choose between dead Tim and Pacey," and then I was like, "Yay! She chose Pacey!" <laughs> and then, uh, and then I wrote like, "Oh shit! Should I be happy that she's like?" I was like, I, "I really shouldn't be this happy right now, right?"
0: I think you should be happy she made the right choice. Yeah, I think it's fair to be happy there. She could have chose chose Tim there And like I think the metaphor was Maybe even the direct implication was just Succumbing to the mental illness And giving in to that taking over like it did With her mom but she chose to go The other way so she can you know Go get better And and that's, that's how we gotta end it with them Is like Pacey's like listen Andy we're gonna get you to the right Doctors we're gonna get you the right meds the plan at this point hasn't really been discussed, but the idea is basically going to be we'll keep you here in Capeside and we'll get you better. And that's where we leave off here uh, with them. Um, I know I already said this, so I want to say it again. I love the dynamic of Jen and Gail together. I liked it when they did the episode where Gail wins, or Gail does the piece on the teenage girls, which is the piece that gets her an award that gets her the offer for the job in Philly. Yeah. So that's a nice connection to something they'd already shown us before, working out for Gail. I thought they had really good chemistry there, but here it's even better. Because Gail just kind of talks to her like she's another woman. Because of so the experiences Jen has had at 16, it kind of is almost. Not fully, because she isn't, but like...
1: Oh, well, and it's not her daughter. It's right? not her for sure. son's girlfriend. For sure. It's... Just, Someone uh, that she knows,
0: because she's known Jen for yeah. a couple of months now anyway. The majority yeah, of this school year.
1: She's not oblivious to things.
0: That's the beautiful thing about Gail. She is not oblivious to things. Well, everyone's oblivious to some things, but generally speaking, yeah, Gail's on top of shit here. She's made her mistakes, but she wasn't oblivious that she'd made a mistake either. So... We don't need to get back into defending Galen anyway, though. But when you've got... We were talking about earlier, all of them there together. And the girls order the bottle of wine to be sent over to Mitch. Jen... I want to know
1: how it is possible that 16-year-old girls, 16-year-old kids throughout this series have been able to just easily drink in public places. Like... Not like a public park, either. But, like, they're just, like... They're able to go into restaurants and, like, clubs.
0: Up until this point, they've explained it away with connections. Like, when they went to Providence with Billy, Billy knew the people who worked at the bar. So, again, it's weird that... A 16, 17-year-old knows people at a bar who let them drink there. Maybe it's not that weird. Just not my experience. But there's the reason there. When they went to the jazz club, to begin with, it was because Ty uh, had the connection there. And when they went without Ty, it's because they'd already been there before, so they were recognized. And it wasn't until they started acting like fools that they got called on it. You know, Because, again, they don't look like they're 16. They all look like they're over 21, because in real life, they are. Uh,
1: um, no, actually, there. I think they were real close.
0: I think Dawson was like what twenty three at this point. Uh, Andy is like twenty nine at this point. I looked it up. I know. So did I. I know Andy's twenty nine right now. Dawson's over twenty one. I James only looked Vanderbeek up before joey is pacey is not joey is, well, i remember might be.
1: that michelle williams was the youngest yeah she was like 18, 18. Mm-hmm. and i'm pretty sure it was like 1919 19, like 20 or something
0: but this is this is the one time where it's like yeah i don't know how maybe it's because they were sending it to adults who had already ordered wine that it didn't you know what i mean like i i don't know I'm not going to get too hung up on it. Because they were also digging for like their songs. So the band played Mitch and Gail's song. So this whole thing that's set up throughout the night where they end up dancing, it feels like the mood has turned against Miss Kennedy. Mitch is like... Well, Dawson tells him. He's like, listen, you know she's leaving, right? If there's even a part of you that wants her to stay here. You have to ask her to stay, and you need to give it another shot. you got to make this thing work, because she's going to Philly, dude. And so you're thinking, as we're heading towards the end of the episode, that that's what's going to go down, but nah man he's still getting cozy with miss kennedy in the moonlight out on the fucking piers later and gail sees it and literally runs away like she is i heart- literally
1: don't know what mitch wants like these last few episodes have made us like they've really changed mitch's character a lot I don't and know.
0: I-, I change sure but I-, I don't feel like it's super it doesn't feel bad or awkward or out out of context because he's lost he just
1: went from a dreamer Who was madly in love with his wife to someone who's like, I got to get a job and like, I think the key move on.
0: I think the key to to, to Mitch right now is that one conversation we had with Dawson where he was talking about, my dad prepared me for a lot of things, but he didn't prepare me for this. Deep down in his core, Mitch is still a dreamer. Mitch will always be a dreamer, but I think he's just so fucking lost in what's happening and how he's feeling and what's going on, what he wants. He doesn't know. And so he's doing what he's kind of been pressured into doing, which is getting that job, getting that work, getting that money. Because even Gail makes some comments here again about like, motherfucker, we got bills to pay. You aren't contributing a goddamn thing. Like you got, you got to give me something. And so he's got the substitute teacher job, or that might have been in the last set episodes where she said that. So he's got, but then he decides it's the dating Miss Kennedy thing that really throws me for a loop because. It seems that there's no way those two actually get along on a personal level. I'm sure they get along great on a physical level. Although it appears that their first kiss was when they were walking to that restaurant based on their reactions. Yeah. But I feel like that they feel that physical connection, but I feel like they can't have that great of a You can see it at the dinner table when Miss Ken- Miss Kennedy is better. It's what I was saying before when she fucking rode Dawson hard when she gave her first well, like, reaction. They pointed, She's better- out.
1: they pointed it out hard in this episode, too, when they're like, when Dawson's like, uh, what, you mean the same Hollywood that, like, made you run away to a small town in, like, on the East Coast? Like, on the opposite side of the country?
0: He saw her for what she was, right, like, real quickly, which is, because I said before I was surprised that he'd reacted so quickly, or recovered so quickly from that, but you were more right on the fact that he just moved on and realized that her opinion wasn't shit, and yet he calls her out on it here, and then Joey jumps in, and that's when I was dying, when Joey's just straight up calling her bitter, and she's like miss kelly doesn't even have anything to fucking say about it basically she's like fuck i am (laughs) but even the look on mitch's face is like oh shit she is and that's where i'm thinking as this is going on like why would mitch go back to her except for the physical aspect because she showed herself to be a pretty rough person to be around at this dinner yeah i don't
1: know maybe i don't really know
0: well we may or may not get answers on that um Let's talk about what happens in episode 21, Chit-chit-chit changes. Uh, we already talked about the entire fucking end of it, so we can skip that. Chit-chit-chit changes. So this breakdown starts the same way most of your predictions start. In the
2: bedroom. No. All of the gang's lives go through changes.
0: Well, obviously, the fucking episode's called Ch-Ch-Changes.
2: Yeah, yeah, ch-, ch 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 changes After Andy begins seeing her dead brother Tim in the last episode, Jack and Pacey agree to call Mr. McPhee, who decides that he wants his daughter to be treated in Providence, not Capeside.
0: We've already touched on that. We'll probably touch on it again, but let's move along.
2: All are stunned at the new changes. <sighs> this is the only change we've discussed so far. And Andy and Pacey must decide if Andy's mental health is more important than being together. That's not a decision.
0: That's not even a decision. Yes, her mental health is way more important than 16-year-old kids being together.
1: Well, it didn't seem like either of them didn't want her to get mental health. It was just the location of where they wanted to get. I'm,
0: I'm talking about the wording of the breakdown more than I'm talking about what actually happened.
1: Well, yeah, that's why I'm all like, yeah, I don't really agree with this breakdown.
0: No, they, they've been questionable throughout, and honestly, it's kind of fun to sit here and fucking pick it apart. But at the same time, I'm like, who who wrote this? Who approved this? Wikipedia, you pile of shit.
2: <sighs> Jack- edit yeah, Wikipedia.
0: I'm not going to edit anything
2: Jack also must decide whether or not to go with Andy or stay
0: like, I see, I don't feel like Jack ever needed to make that decision. Jack was staying from the start. He just wasn't happy that Andy had to go and he fought hard to keep her there. yeah, I think he says at the end I'll go with you, and Andy's like, no, but I, I feel like it wasn't much of a decision for him because he was never gonna like he says in the episode i'd be if I were living with you, Dad, I'd be fighting to make you proud of me all the time, and I just can't do that. Because I can't make you proud, not the way that I have to live.
1: Yeah, well, and that was the thing. He's like, he's like, I can't live with you. It's not that I don't want to be there for Andy. I can't live with you because I don't agree with your fucking ideology.
0: And Andy knows that, which is the good. When Andy is doing good, when her shit isn't acting up real bad, and she's seeing people, she's very understanding of other people's situations. So, like, by the end of this, when she's leaving. And she's made the decision to leave and accepted that she's leaving. Like, she seems pretty good with it's not the right word, but at peace with the idea that this is what's necessary for everybody. Because Pacey needs to stay in Capeside, obviously. and He couldn't go with anyway and keep doing good at school. Question is, how's Pacey going to do when he doesn't have Andy there holding his hand? You know, like, if he doesn't have that motivator, the person that he said when Dawson was trying to interview people for his, his film final... He's like I would be nothing without her. And, you know, which makes him kind of like lose his cool thinking about her leaving even right there just giving an interview. So it makes you worry like does he've got the wherewithal to do it on his own? Or does he need Ideally,
1: that she'll be back.
0: Ideally, when absolutely. When school starts. Ideally, absolutely, cuz yeah, we're on the finals right now, so this school year is in the bag. Theoretically, we still got one more episode to go. Maybe some school shit happens.
2: His decision is complicated when his father implies that Jack's homosexuality can be, quote, treated.
0: Which you touched on earlier. And let's mm. point out that we, as a podcast here at Creek Chat and 50 Randy Quays as a whole, do not believe that your homosexuality can be treated. It's beautiful that you're gay. And I. Used- For one, love you for it very deeply.
1: Yeah, I say do what you want as long as it's uh, consensual.
2: Dawson, while helping Mr. Potter extend the ice house, interviews him for a film project about his supposedly changed life, but inadvertently catches him in the act of a drug deal pulling a big old bag of white powder out of some kind of
0: sculpture.
1: Yeah, so I was like I was With like, his friend Shit, Peter. man, Frank back to dealing drugs.
0: Immediately. I mean, how long has this motherfucker been out of jail for? A month? And that's a month. the thing
1: like he seemed like he was pretty good on the straight and narrow and then all of a sudden they introduced this old friend and I'm all like I'm all like, dude, this old friend's going to be getting him back in the game, son.
2: Yeah. Jen decides to make a change, so she calls her mother and inquires about returning home or visiting. She is upset to be to be told that it is an inconvenient time. Which goes to show you,
0: I mean, to be fair, Grams did call Mom up and go, Hey, your daughter just pulled a shit and I kicked her out, so like, they were aware of what happened. But still, to be told by your parents, it's an inconvenient time for you to come home is rough. That's rough to hear, especially when you're technically without a home
2: she ends up moving in with jack as she has no other place to go
1: well she could have just gone back to dawson's
0: yeah probably but i don't think she wanted to she probably felt like she was taking advantage of gail or something who, who the fuck knows where jen's mind is at it's better that she's gonna go stay with jack anyway
1: yeah. oh it definitely dude is you spot good. it's so
0: funny it's so funny to me that you spotted the jack jen alliance from the first time the I'll say the second time, because when they set him up at the dance was the first time you really got that feeling that those two had a good chemistry, but when they met back up during the murder mystery episode, or the sex mystery episode, um, you were like, oh, the Jack-Jen alliance, and that was the first time that it really was touched on after the dance thing, and it's been hinted at a couple times since, but here it's like, boom, now they're living together, so now Now it's a true alliance, now it's a true alliance, um,
2: Oh, they're literally going to become best friends. Andy leaves, and Jack and Pacey watch her go.
0: Which was unnecessary for them to write, as much as it was unnecessary for me to read. So, uh, once again, an open in the bedroom. So, there's still, to this point in this show, if we're counting being down on the ground and being out on the roof as part of being in the room, only been one episode in the entire run of this show so far that has not been in the bedroom.
1: Yeah, you know, that's right.
0: And this is where Dawson reveals, like, he's trying to write his film final. He's like, I can't fucking figure out how to write about Casablanca right now. And, like, if the main character changed or some shit. Ugh. 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 He starts whining about it. And then i don't know comes up with the ideas and joey's like just put it on film then idiot
1: yeah and then he's all like oh shit yeah that works out so like the whole episode he's trying to find someone
0: he finally no, one. no one's having it
1: he finally ends up being like hey frank do you mind like doing this like i'm trying to get <laughs> like uh like you know like a, how a character can change over time or how someone's character can change over time and he's like yeah and so he starts interviewing him and shit and then uh like joey's having none of it and she's like dude why don't you just fucking do the obvious and turn the fucking camera on yourself and dawson's like huh, i obviously can't film myself i'm a filmmaker not an actor
0: okay i want to point out a couple things about that scene because what drives her into the room is her dad saying well that's when i began trafficking marijuana so she runs in and she's like you promised to pick up dinner and bring it to bessie and alexander and I noted the very distinct omission of any dinner being brought to Bodie. Where's Bodhi at? Why doesn't Bodie yeah. need dinner? God damn it. Because Bodhi
1: supposedly there, chaffing it up.
0: Also, Dawson doesn't say that he can't turn the camera on himself because he's a filmmaker. It's much a much better reason than that. He says, I'm afraid to turn the camera on myself because I'm afraid I'll reveal I haven't changed enough and that I'm not enough for you.
1: Yeah, I know. I just wanted it's- to be funny.
0: You you were almost there, but this is one of those moments where I'm not Dawson was
1: actor Joey.
0: But this was a very vulnerable and real moment from Dawson, where he was being honest. He wasn't trying to hide the shit. He was like, I don't think I've done anything, and if I put on camera that I've done nothing, you're going to see it and go, well, I've made all these changes, and I'm just going to keep moving on. I don't think he really needs to have that fear, but I can understand why he would feel that way because if you, he's right. If you look at the people in this show, he's changed the least for good or for bad
1: i think he's changed significantly he is not whining every other episode that is a huge change within itself and the growth to be able to take hits on the chin like he has all fucking season and just fucking like last season first season it'd be like fucking complaining bitching complaining bitching for like two episodes about one little fucking thing and this uh, like this season it's all like fucking oh here Dawson we're going to fucking knock you on the chin see how fucking fast you can get up
0: you're you're not as we both said before i agree with you there But I think more what he's talking about are his motivations, his goals, his actions towards moving forward into the future in terms of not having changed. Because you're right. In terms of how he handles other people, he is a different person this season. But I could see where he feels like he hasn't progressed in any other way than that. Whereas Joey has found this new passion of art that she's pursuing and, uh, you know... Jack's come out of the closet Pacey's become a way better student And more confident person than he ever could have been uh, He doesn't really know Andy that well But Andy's been Well She really hasn't gotten better this season She kind of slid down as yeah, I
1: think on. Dawson's selling himself short too I, I mean, agree He's I agree. 16 years old And he's already like, I think you're right I, I think he's overthinking it And selling him source shell.
0: He's trying too sure. hard to follow Joey's lead, which is a misguided thing because Joey doesn't know where to fuck where she's going either. Yeah. He just thinks he needs none of these the same people. Do. They're all her. fucking kids, right? 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 But I'm just from his thought perspective. That's why he thinks he can't turn the camera on himself. It makes sense to me that he would feel that way. So Mike even says at one point, uh, Who's "Mike, uh, Harry Potter." That, oh
1: fuck! His name is Mike. I've been calling him Frank this whole time. Because that was what I remembered from the other day Like the other episode I was like Frank is what I called him a, Fucking Mr. Potter I called him Frank I was Frank like Wong Oh shit his name time. is Frank right? And so that's what I, was, I wrote in my notes so That's what I've been calling on this whole fucking three pack
0: No it's Mike It's Mike But he even says directly In one of his interviews with Dawson here um, You asked me how I've changed And the truth is I don't know how much I've changed But I keep trying To put someone else's needs before your own it means everything Which to me is him sitting there trying to justify, I'm selling these drugs and moving these drugs because I need to provide for my daughters. That's my excuse, that's my rationale, that's my reasoning. And I'm going to put this quote on tape right here so someone can look at it like my daughter later and realize that that's what I was trying to do it for. And maybe she won't hate me.
1: Why isn't his daughter's questioning where the fuck this money's coming from to do this expands
0: maybe he's saying that he's getting lines of credit or something like he's got some way to explain it away maybe they're just not really they're so happy to have him back and have him acting like a normal person they aren't thinking too hard about it um first of all i don't think it's joey's place to sit there and question him not say that she shouldn't question him but like She's got other things to worry about. If her dad's saying that he's got the shit handled, she shouldn't have to be concerned about whether or not he's taking out a line of credit or two or not, or if he's just full of shit. And I'm not saying Bessie should either, but Bessie's directly, like, the owner of the business now. She should really be questioning where the fuck any yeah. of these these funds are coming from. Because where did... It's not cheap to fucking buy the lumber and the equipment and the tools and all the shit you need to build what they're building right there. And the way they were selling it before, they didn't have any money. That's a couple of thousand dollars. Easy.
1: Well, and they they made it seem like they were able to get out of debt completely by doing that wedding.
0: Yeah, the catering job did everything for them, which nah.
1: Okay, so let's just assume that's right, right? So let's say they were able to get out of debt with that one job. Now that means if they're gonna do this legit, they're going back and taking out another substantial loan to do a renovation with an addition, which I'm guessing is gonna cost somewhere along the lines of like a hundred thousand dollars to do that addition
0: It depends on how big they're going. I don't know about a hundred thousand
1: well, I mean you gotta figure they gotta run they gotta do. They gotta do everything that they would do And they're adding on It's not like they're just renovating Something that's already there
0: I, I think you're a little high in 100000 But it doesn't matter Even if it's just 25000 They don't have that money And no one's giving them that loan If they were already significantly in debt anyway It's just not Well happening. at
1: that point they're actually not significantly in debt
0: But they had just been significantly in debt and bet Banks can see that And they know that And they take that shit into consideration That shit plays a factor because i imagine there were a number of late payments along the way that they were in debt. So yeah, that's going to influence whether or not someone else is going to give you another loan. There's just no way. There's no way he could have been doing this shit legitimately, right? But Joey's under the false impression and even says, and as soon as she said it, I was like, girl. She's like, I got everything right now. I couldn't be happier. The only thing I'm missing is the white picket fence.
1: And then Dawson starts fucking building the white picket oh, fence. Sho-
0: He shows up, he works all night long, he's up at 7 a.m. still at the house, pulls her outside, he's like, I started the white picket fence, I'll finish it later. But this is the beginning of it, now you do have everything. Hold on, I gotta run these tools back over to Ice House to your dad real quick. Which is where he voyeuristically spies upon Pete and Mike looking at the drugs, Walks back outside where Joey is already there, like, working her shift. And she's like, you look rattled. What's wrong, man? He's like, nothing. Nothing's wrong. Okay. All right. So he's keeping something from her already, which, all right, he just saw it. I I understand why he's not just like, hey, I saw this thing right here right now. But he needs to reckon with that real quickly.
1: What I wrote down specifically for that was, like, what you said. This just happened. I can see him not saying it right then. But dude, I know you're tired And you worked all night on that shit But you need to go and talk to fuck Frank Right now, I mean Mike
0: It doesn't matter, we've called him Harry Potter more than we call him anything else
1: You need to go talk to Mr. Potter Like, stat
0: First time you can talk to, to Mr. Potter When Pete isn't there Cause well, you don't yeah, want to get I yourself would, involved With any of the Pete other leaves. criminal elements Right, right, get a chance Next time you're interviewing him, turn the camera off And go, hey Mr. Potter
1: I wouldn't wait that long because I want to be able to tell Joey as soon as I can.
0: And what I'm saying is it should be later that day. He's working on his final, so it's gonna to have to be like that day.
1: Well, he ends up turning the camera on himself and basically being like, like he does do it about Cas- Casablanca in the end because he he's all he's like actually he's like when I think about it he's like dude didn't fucking change at all like which is true and that was you know his interaction with seeing fucking mike buying the drugs and he's like dude people don't change they can try to change or they you know and which i disagree i think i think everybody changes i think it's whether or not how much you change
0: i think it's all a case-by-case situation and in this case uh, mr mike frank harry potter has not changed in the way that he won't stop doing the wrong thing because he thinks it's the right thing his intentions might be good he might be trying to provide for his family, but he's still making the wrong decision. I
1: don't even think he thinks that it's the the right decision. He knows it's the wrong decision. He no, just I agree. No, I agree. Is like this is the way to do it faster.
0: That's where he thinks that providing for his family now is the right thing to do and that's instead of doing doing the wrong thing that's what makes doing the wrong thing which he knows is wrong okay because if he can just get through this period right now if he can just get the business off the ground pay for all these loans pay for all this construction get the business legitimate then i can get out of that game and just live off of the restaurant but that's not how that shit ever works once you're in that game you're in that game now your restaurant is a front because Pete says it's a front, or whoever Pete's boss is, says it's a front. And that's what it is now, Mike. Sorry. The Ice House is now moving crystal meth. It's truly an ice house.
1: <laughs>
0: so yeah, that's pretty fucked. And I, we already pretty much covered everything else in this, as far as the Dad and Andy and Jack and Pacey, Jen. That's it. Really? I mean, Jen ends up with Jack, his grandmas don't want her back. And he ends up in Providence with Dad so she can get help. Jack and Jen living together. Dawson struggling with another situation where he's got information. No, it's the opposite this time where Joey once knew that Gail had cheated and didn't say anything. And Dawson was fucking pissed. But now Dawson knows a thing that she doesn't. How long is he going to hold on to that? And does he remember the time where he got pissed at her because she withheld critical information
1: yeah i would uh, i would believe that would be true so so what's that bring us to at this point in the episode
0: that brings us to the predictions chucky b where you shine where you shine bright like a diamond in the creek that's right the final episode of season two episode 22 do you want to know what the title of it is
1: oh i need to know
0: parental discretion advised
1: so there's gonna be a fucking
0: bash at
1: jack and jen's And there are no parental uh, units there. So it better be advised to everybody's fucking parents. Because these kids are throwing a fucking rager to end season two.
0: What happens in this rager? What goes on? Obviously Andy's gone. What goes on with Dawson and Joey? What goes on with the drugs? What goes on with Pacey, Jack, Jen? Like what's happening? It's the end of the season. There's got to be some kind of either conclusion or cliffhanger.
1: So my gut tells me that I think we've seen the conclusion of the Andy storyline for this season. I Agreed. think it's mostly just going to be uh, how Pacey reacts. And I think Pacey needs to get fucked up.
0: So, let's so go, I think right. he's
1: going to get fucked up at this party.
0: Okay. Jack's hosting. Him and Jenna, new roommates. Let's see what happens with those two. Not necessarily together or apart, whatever. Like what goes on there with those two? In their worlds.
1: I think they're just going to be partying, having a good time this one time. But other than that, I think they mostly are just kind of hanging out, becoming besties.
0: Okay, now here's the big one. Because you know something's got to come to light here. And it may or may not have something to do with this party that you predicted. But Joey, Dawson, and the White Powder. You know something's got to come to light here. They didn't introduce it one episode before the season finale to pretend like it doesn't exist until season three. So what happens
1: Yeah, I want to say that... I mean, like, because we don't really know what the white powder plays a role in. All we know is that Pete was looking at it in that fucking vase.
0: I think you know exactly what role the white powder plays in it. You don't need to use your imagination too hard to draw the line between what they're implying there. Mike Potter's back in the drug game. Straight up. That's it. They're not trying to pretend like he's dabbling again. He's in the drug game. Come on. You didn't just go right yeah, there and No, that's that? what I'm
1: saying. He he looked apprehensive almost in that scene, sure. which I, th- I thought was kind of weird, because it makes me think, well, where is he getting all this money for all this shit? And then that's where I was like, oh, yeah, it makes sense that he's back in the drug game pretty hard. And then I'm just like, oh, fuck, dude. Like, I'm pretty sure.
0: Does Dawson talk to him about it? Does Dawson I, talk to Joey about
1: it? I would say Dawson's. Gotta fucking say something to Mike and to Joey. It's just who Who, does he talk to first?
0: Who does he talk to first? And does he do it before or after the party?
1: I'm gonna say he talks to Mike first before the party. They go to the party. Dawson and Joey have sex. Oh boy. And then Joey freaks out on Dawson when she finds out that her dad's getting arrested for
2: selling drugs
0: okay now see there's thank you we finally got to the the meaty predictions i'm digging for uh, we we got we got to the, the fucking truffles uh, uh all right but that's it for this episode then i think yeah um you can go ahead and you can oh, check it definitely out. ends
1: with him getting arrested
0: so that's your big the big prediction mike potter arrested at the end of season two Yeah. Well, you can listen to our past episodes at 50randyquades.com and iTunes. You listen to 50 Randy Quaid's episodes. Cage Talks.
1: Pete, his friend, undercover.
0: Oh, shit. That's That's how I get busted. That's a nice little... I like that. Pete is undercover. They set his ass up. They figured Mike Potter ain't stupid enough to come out of jail and start dealing drugs right away, is he? And lo and behold he was that stupid
1: yeah he lives on the creek bro
0: joey got the fucking brains mrs potter had the brains seems like bessie has the brains mr potter is a fucking idiot yeah well we'll talk about how much of a fucking idiot he is next time but until then we we be creaking. creaking